today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of the man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Before we started, David pulled up a few of our old episodes on YouTube and was like looking at them. They're funny. And it's like, you look around and you see how much the studio has changed, uh, the quality of, of the cameras. We're, we, we're better looking than we used to be. We're like Benjamin buttoning it. I'm not sure if we're as funny. Like some of those, like I was just skipping through it, random sections of random episodes and it's like, boom, hilarious thing. Boom, hilarious. I mean, maybe it just was a coincidence that I just nailed the funny spots. But I'll tell you, they were pretty entertaining. Pretty funny. And super Catholic, of course. Naturally. Except for that one time when you were talking about the manliest prayer and you weren't talking about the Our Father and then the look in your eyes of immediate but regret. But then I said... You were like, oh no. But I said, at this moment... I have made a mistake. <laughs> it's not the manliest prayer. Happy birthday to the church. Happy birthday, church. So grateful. We don't need to talk about your age. You don't do that to a lady. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fair enough. Especially a super old one. Man, I messed up this morning and I forgot to wear a red tie. You know what? I was meant, I didn't see you after. I, did, I didn't like get to yeah. talk to you after mass. I was going to give you a hard time for that. Yeah. I was, we were, it was a little chaotic of a morning. Yeah. And uh, especially as you could tell as we were walking in, I looked down and Anna has purple socks on with brown shoes, um, eh. wearing a dress like that is like... You know, like purple play socks. They're not with like a blue dress. With a blue dress. With a purple and blue. Right. It's like, oh man. But we made it. We made it there on time. My boys did great uh, serving mass. Yeah. Luke, uh, Jude, for the first time, like held the, oh, I don't know. He called it the boat. I know that's not what it is. <laughs> the boat? Yeah. <laughs> uh, where you, the, in, the incense, <laughs> you know, where, it, you, yes. Uh, uh, I forget. I don't know what you call it. Yeah. But he was holding that. The boat. Yeah, that's what he called it. The boat. <laughs> He was also on the bells. Nailed was, the bells. He was ready. Yes. He, he, he almost went premature a few times. Because he just... Because he was... But that's how vigilant he was. Right. You know, Father started to raise his hands for the epiclesis, mm -hmm. and he was like, oh, oh, too soon. Wait, that's not it. He's mm -hmm. just putting his hands up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was the epiclesis. Not. Epiclesis. <laughs> no, that that wasn't that was Sorry. Fun. You know, that I went for it. <laughs> Don't use that in our shorts. No. Uh, but he does ring the bells really well and, like, yeah. lets them ring out. Like, it drives me... Like I know this is silly, but whenever they ring it and then they set it down and muff muffle the the ring, uh, dude, I'm glad that you also have preferences about the bells. Like, yeah, because it bothers me. <laughs> it's like, why are you ringing the bells that way? Yeah. <laughs> I get that you're like seven or you know, however, I don't right. know how old you are, kid up there. But could you ring the bells like a regular human being? You know, like. Hey, speaking of uh, altar, altar altar servers, though, yeah, uh, National Catholic Register just posted something like last week, or talking about how seventy percent of priests that they surveyed uh, were altar boys. Seventy percent. So, listen, yeah. if you want to start the vocation, like the thought of the vocation of the priesthood for your boys, have them serve mass. Get up, have them get up there. Yeah. 
serving mass. In fact, I just had a had a kind of a sad conversation with Elizabeth about this. That mm. she was asking if she could be an altar server, mm. and I told her that you know Elizabeth, um, your mom and I have decided that the uh, the daughters in our in our household are not going to be altar servers mm-hmm. because the we want to cultivate you know we want to build up a, a community that cultivates uh, vocations to the priesthood and. You know, we explained the whole thing about how, like, when girls are there, and girls can do a great job. In fact, right. they're better at it. A lot of times. I mean, I mean, they're just, <laughs> like, sometimes the boys are up there, like, drooling, you know? <laughs> and the girls are, like, doing all, like, they know what's going on, and mm-hmm. they're just like, more with it at an early age, you know? Um, but, so, and she was, she was definitely sad about that, but luckily... Uh, my brother-in-law is a priest, and so he comes to our house. And so, like I told her, like, look, when Father Sean comes, you can you Help. can serve mass at our house. Yeah, you can be the server. That's great. and she was very happy with that. So good, good concept. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That that way, like, she can serve, and we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to discourage other young boys from because I mean, let's just be honest. When there are girls, and it's especially when it turns into mostly girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young boys, they don't want to do it, right? Because right. it's... That's true. It, there's it, no, that's not a fraternity anymore, right? right? And they look at it, well, this is a girl thing. I don't want to do the girl right. thing. But if it's something that only boys get to do, it's a... What an allure right. that is for them to do it. And that doesn't mean that they're going to be a priest. But it. Well, another thing that we need are older boys. What, that's right. What happens is that it turns into... Because there's not a seniority, which is something that I think naturally will happen if it's a boy thing, mm-hmm. you will start to have a, a seniority, a yeah. hierarchy that develops within the ranks. A pecking order. Because it's, for, because it's boys. Right. Um, without, when it's co-ed, the older boys, they can't uh, establish, they're not going to establish that pecking order on a girl. Right. Right. No, it's not the same. So um, what it turns into is it turns into a, a little kid thing. And then as the boys start to get 10, 11, 12, they stop wanting to do it because in their mind, well, they're the oldest one there and it's for kids. It's for little kids and they're not a little kid anymore. Right. And they're trying to... But really, that's the age when they should be starting. At, not at the, starting, what, what, but like... Well, what I mean by that is like you've been an altar server, but because you've been at the bottom of the pecking order, you haven't actually been getting to do very much. Right. Right. And you're like, you've put in your time. Mm-hmm. You've slowly worked up towards like, okay, now I get to do this thing. Right. The because if it's, if it's just boys, I think that you'd have a lot more, mm-hmm. a lot more boys. Like maybe all the boys in the parish would do it, uh, or at least a large portion of them. And so it's like, you got to work your way up to where you actually get to do the cool stuff. Mm-hmm. during the mass and so finally by the time you're 12 that's what i mean is like you get to start you actually get to like be and do the altar server stuff mm-hmm. you know and that's way better so yeah. it's a way better culture to foster uh that manly vocation of the priesthood i don't disagree with you there's gonna be a lot of people that do there's, that's yeah, okay there's a lot of people who are going to disagree with me who think that their daughters are great servers and i'm sure they are i'm sure they're they're good at accomplishing the task but you have to ask yourself, is that the purpose? What is the purpose of having altar servers? Because, um, honestly, <laughs> the Mass, I think, would be more efficient without them many times. Sure. You know, especially when they're so little. Right. The deacon could do it. Easy. Without the servers. Sure. You know? So, what is the purpose? Is it to help facilitate the Mass, or is it to cultivate vocations? I think it's both. But we can't. I don't think we should be sacrificing one when we could when we could have both. Yeah. So. Kiss do the dose. Yeah. Nice dose. Yeah. So we're gonna have uh, American an American uh, whiskey this evening, a blended American whiskey. It's called Five Trail Unbroken Spirit. It's by Coors Whiskey Company. Like the beer company, Coors. Like the beer beer company. Wait, do you mean Coors? Coors. Well, you can't do that with whiskey. Well, it's still curs, isn't it? Ain't it? Not, not. Is it? Do they, do they distill it in the Rockies? Yes, they do. Are they? Are they? Are there blue mountains on that? Well, bo- actually, no, because they. It's a blended. It's a blended. They got blue mountains on that bottle. Yes. Do they, they, do they really? Well, it's not blue. Oh, they're not blue. They're That's because it's not cold. It's not cold. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's curs. You got to put it in the fridge. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so it, you it, know, <laughs> you know, you've arrived at a redneck place <laughs> yeah. when they're keeping the whiskey in the fridge. You know, yep. It's one thing to put like ice in it. It's, into, it's like we're at another level. It's like, oh, I keep it in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so it's a blend of a wheat bourbon, a rye bourbon, and a four grain bourbon, uh, and a hundred percent malt uh, whiskey as well. So, well, I got to tell you, I think it's delicious. So the nose it says is uh, it's a tempered youth. Uh, is the best way to tempered des- what youth? Okay, is the best way to describe what the nose offers. A scent of oak grain, vanilla, malt, uh, malt wafted out of the grass. All right, waft maybe. Waft. Yes, W A F T. Waft. Waft. You know, like waft, like when you like smell. You yeah, got it. Uh, let's see. Fresh oak, uh, oak, uh, oatmeal cookies, brown sugar. Oh. Mm. I love brown sugar. And then there's, yeah, I did. I just put a bunch of brown sugar on my yeah, brisket. You did. And I'm smoking. And then it. when I came in, I was like, it needs more. <laughs> I was like, I can't. <laughs> That's the truth. This happened literally like 30 minutes ago. And I was like, I can't disagree and with you, you. And you put more on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and if you know me, you probably already know I feel this way. I think you can put brown sugar on basically anything and it always makes it better. I qualified that with the basically, mm-hmm. but those things that, those many, many, many things, it's like, why not? Uh, 95 proof, 47.5% ABV, we're on the Lord's team. The winning side. Cheers. Cheers to Jesus. What was the price on this? Do you know? Yeah, it was a little expensive, 55. Oh. Yeah, for a bourbon, that is that is a little bit more expensive. A little bit for American whiskey. But you know what? I think it's very good. So I, I, I think it's, it's priced fairly, honestly. Yeah. We're gonna talk about uh, some more daughters this evening. We are. We've done uh, lust. We've done gluttony. We're gonna do covetousness. The seven daughters of covetousness. Hey guys, if you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, you know that I hate emails. The one exception is the loop. I've been a subscriber now for about two years, and I have just loved it. What I love about it is that not only am I getting the news that's relevant to me as a Catholic man, things that involve the pro-life movement in America, court cases that might be significant or impact the Catholic Church, but also there's a summary under each headline, which makes it really easy for me to decide, is this an article I want to read or not? So go and subscribe to The Loop. I think that you're going to love it. Stay manly. Thanks for listening to our show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're all by ourselves, and Adam can't figure out how to use his microphone. There, you got it. Got it. So, Good. look at these blisters on my hand, bro. Wow, those are some serious <laughs> blisters. You have soft hands. No, I've been using that huge tiller for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. So I'm tilling up an 1,800 square foot area that is grass so it's sawed and i've been like taking this electric motorized uh, tiller and just trying to cut through the sod Mm. which is way better than anything else yeah it's tough though oh my gosh like i i came in last night to the bathroom and pamela was there and i said pamela it's a good thing you married a real man (laughs) because a lesser man would never have been able to do that (laughs) it was ridiculous like i got to the point because i mean it's these blades are going right? right, and there's four blades on this one. It's kind of a yeah. big. It's kind of a big one. I've, I've, and, I've ran one of those, before. and it's not. Does it, some of them are like no? Uh, well, in as much as the blades are spinning and like they will. Oh, it doesn't have like a go, like a self-propelled. No, no, no. You have to hold it back. That's the thing is it's gonna it's it's like jumping and like trying yeah because those right. wheels are all those blades are all spinning and it's that's trying right. to like push it forward and so you have to like hold it back. That's right. And at first, you're like, all right, yeah, come on, chewing this up, yeah. But after like an hour, I got to the point when I'm like... It's, you realize and, you're, you're and gripping it too I, well, hard. And the, part, and the problem is I, the, my left hand has like the, the lever to engage the blades. And so I was really holding it too, mu- too much in my palm. And that's why I got all these blisters. And so I was like, you know what, all right, I need to change and like really put it in my fingertip, like my fingers. But after like an hour... It, it it was like I couldn't hang on to it anymore. It was just like 
taken off, right? It was sort of like hanging on a bar. You know, it can like if you try right. to do that for like two minutes, right? Uh, at first, it seems easy until you like fall off, you know? Um, so, dude, it's just ridiculous. But it's looking good. It's good. looking good. Good, good, good. Hey, uh, we've mentioned before, uh, maybe last episode, but we're going to the Holy Land. Yes. Uh, we're going to the Holy Land in April, like basically two weeks, I believe, after Easter. Yeah, it's right after Easter. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, so, really which will awesome. be which will be awesome. So we're gonna be there like resurrection season, you know. That's right, Easter. Which season. is like that's that's why it's the Holy Land, right? I mean, to be there in, in Easter is, I think, the best because like this is why this place is important because of the things that we're celebrating right now. And we've already had quite a few people sign up. Uh, I mean, it's only been open for like I think a week. How'd they even know? Well, with our episode. I guess we announced it last time. Yep. And then uh, we posted it on our uh, social media. You got to follow us and, on those social medias. You had to have and, to. And Matt, Matt sent us an email and said, like, hey, we already got uh, several people already signed up, ready to go. So uh, odds are we're going to probably sell out. So if you're 50, considering. 55, I think, is like uh, the think, absolute maximum that we have. Yes. And, but I think it's, we're it's, shooting it's for it's like gi- 50. Give or take. Right. 55. 55. Um <laughs> But uh, shiggity schwat. <laughs> uh, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a trip of a lot. It's definitely going to change. I, I'm really excited because Dude, it's gonna I change. The, that's what the, everybody says. Yeah, you it's know, just gonna like, change my prayer life. That, it's gonna change. change their prayer life. That's what people say, and it just changes your faith. Like right. when you, it's like so much, so real. You know. Yeah. And I, like I said, I've been to the, I've been to Rome, and it like there's a little, I, I kind of have a little taste of that. You know, it's like oh, there, like this is where Peter was crucified upside mm-hmm. down and you know like oh this is where all like you see these stories that happen and there's so much history there but it's nothing like the holy land you know right. where it's like you you get to meet the peter and the saints a lot in rome but in the holy land it's christ mm-hmm. and our lady yeah infinitely better yeah at least for one yeah so yeah i, I i'm really excited about it it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole lot of fun so uh and we'd love to have you join us we'd love to ha- uh have you the, be a part of the it? itinerary posted is that is that up on the website i, I yet? think so okay yes, yeah, i so. think so select international tours.com slash catholic if you just like google select international tours catholic man show it'll pop up it'll pop up it, it's the first thing that pops up you can go to select international tours.com slash catholic man catholic show. man show yep and so uh, we're also, you know, going after. So next year it's Holy Land. The year after that mm-hmm. it's Rome. The year after that it's Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, can can they sign up for? Can they? Do we have anything up yet for all three? Not yet. We're working. But we're, working we're working on, on that. So you can get if you like sign up for all three, you get a, you, you get, get a, a discount. A, a discount, which would be nice. Which would be nice. Yeah, Poland, dude. I know it's kind of far away. I'm so like because we're going to be in Poland on the Feast of Divine Mercy. Right. On the uh, centennial, like on one of the yeah, dude. major, major, Ma- a major, anib- a major anib- day. Yeah, that's right. Anniversary. I forgot about that. But it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be so. Save up your money and and join us if you can. Uh, I mean, if you're going on vacation, you might as well do it. You know, you're gonna spend the money to go on a vacation. Uh, do something that's gonna change your life. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've been to Costa Rica a couple times. Um, Did and it change your life? No. You know what? We had a great time. Uh, except like, for you got your. Except that we stolen. got burgled. We did yeah. get burgled. But like, tons of memories with you know great friends. Sure. However, it's not not the same as going to Rome and experiencing the realities of faith. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So if you're gonna go on a vacation, make it an awesome awesome one do a pilgrimage we're gonna be staying in great hotels mm-hmm. eating great food mm-hmm. um so hanging out with some locals yeah so so just just think about it yeah so what are we gonna talk about tonight today we're talking about the seven daughters of covetousness now do you think jim has dated any of these i don't know i wish he was here to tell us i don't want to speak for him right because kathy listens to the show as well right but maybe <laughs> <laughs> we love you kathy oh yeah we like kathy yeah of course okay so that's why, uh, we, that's why we have jim on the show so often to give her a break <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so maybe let's start off with maybe some definitions right like so what is covetousness yes do you think that, so, that's a good way to start so where aquinas chooses to start 
which is at the beginning. It's a very good place to start. Um, he says whether covetousness is a sin. And I think it's a shocker that he says, yes, it is. Um, he says that what is meant by covetousness is defined as immoderate love of possessing. Immoderate love of possessing. And then um, specifically with possessing riches is what, what he's going to be talking about here in with the seven daughters but it could be it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be riches it could be other things but most traditionally covetousness is it revolves around wealth riches possessions you know which kind of all come together right like if you have money you can buy things if you have things you, you know you don't need the money but you know so you want you want to possess things mm-hmm. you know you want to have the power the um, status, the you know, all of it that goes okay. along. Yeah, sure. Okay, I'm following you with now. with whatever those things are. So um, he says, this is he actually has eight articles um, on covetousness. Okay, which is kind of a lot. You know, typically he doesn't get to Article Eight whenever he, when he proposes asks a question. Um, so he has a lot to say on covetousness. Um, so this is. Article 8, whether treachery, fraud, falsehood, perjury, restlessness, violence, and insensibility, insensibility to mercy are daughters of covetousness. And those are, the, those are the daughters. Those are the daughters. I mean, spoiler alert, once again, he says yes. You right. know. Yeah. Um, you, once, once you start reading him enough, you, you, you don't have to like actually find... You can just read the question and you already know the answer. Right. What you're looking for is like... How and why? How do and, I articulate the and, answer? And what it, you know, how does he come to arrive at these things and, and the distinctions he makes between all of these things, which are, in, especially in this case, which are kind of interesting because many of them are like, uh, some of them are like, oh, this one's kind of all by itself. And then a lot of them are kind of all similar, right? But it's just how, do, how does a person choose, how do they go about expressing their covetousness uh, and you arrive at each one of these different ones? So, uh, and I think he he uses very you know uh, typical Aquinas. He uses very uh, precise language because as you as we go through this, you'll you'll notice that he says uh, excessive desire for certain things, not just the desire, but excessive desire. Excessive desire. That's right. Uh, and I think that's important to know because as we go through these, you're like, oh man, like is it bad? That's, to own that's things? the vice. Like, that's where the vice comes in, right? Because it's disordered, right? So uh-huh. so there's a good. Right. Uh, right, and so uh, there's an ex- there's a, a disorder to this good, mm-hmm. a, a disordered desire to this good, right? And it's either y- that you don't care about it at all mm-hmm. would would be one extreme, or that you care about it in a disordered way, mm-hmm. too much, right? For the sake of that you're wanting, you're willing to do things that are sinful in order to get get this good. Correct. Yeah, um, and an interesting. He asks another interesting question. in The fourth article is. Whether covetousness is always a mortal sin. Um, well, it has to be. Well, no, it, it seems like it doesn't have to be. And it's interesting when he says mortal sin. Does it go under like uh, justice? It this is. is a weird. Like, it is. It, it is? is. It is under justice. Yeah. Um, but when he says whether it's always a mortal sin, I think we have to well, couch it, that a little bit because what he's really saying is grave is it matter. Grave? Yeah. He's say, he's talking sure. about grave matter. That's what. Every time that we're talking about, but the fact that, like today, like our in our theological language, we wouldn't say whether it's we wouldn't even ask the question whether covetousness is always a mortal sin because the church has now it's so well articulated that you know the the conditions necessary for mortal sin. One of them is grave matter, and so really, what he's talking about here is grave matter. And I think in his time, there was more of a presumption of that you did understand, and obviously, you were choosing it free freely. And so, when they're talking about, oh, is it a mortal sin? They're really just talking about, is it grave matter? Right? So, and we'll pick that up here in just a second. Yeah, I think this is a very uh, appropriate topic for today's world that is very materialistic. Indeed. Indeed. Especially you. More than 60,000 men from around the world have journeyed through Exodus 90 together with their brothers. Priests, bishops, singled men, married men, Catholics, non-Catholics alike. 
One of the things we love receiving are emails from guys who signed up to do Exodus 90 through the Catholic Command Show and let us know how much freedom they've experienced once they go through the program. And it makes sense, right? Here's how it works. And these are the things that we talk about all the time on the Catholic Man Show, which is why we love promoting Exodus 90. They have three pillars. The, a pillar of prayer, a pillar of asceticism, and a, a pillar of fraternity. And through those three pillars, they help men grow closer to Christ, to their spouse, to their children, and to their friends. Closer to that man that God has called them to be. So go check out Exodus 90. They have Exodus 90 Lent as well. It's Exodus90.com slash TCMS for the Catholic Man Show. TCMS. Thank you to Exodus90 for being a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'd like to give a shout out to Luke, my oldest. Oh, yeah. We were at the Lackey's house, Thomas Lackey, who we've had on the show before. Uh, yeah. Today? Uh, no, this weekend. Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Where were you? I thought you were going to come. I thought you guys were going to come. We, guys- we were going to come, but I, I told him, I, hey, oh, man, I'm not going to make it. Um, but we were, we were like in this group, this you know, group of men. We were all talking. We're, we were actually discussing the Iliad. Okay. And Luke, who has been reading the children's Iliad. Yeah. Uh, the abridged version. Yes. Over and over again. I think he's read it probably seven or eight times. Really? Yes. Um, so he must really like it. He really likes it. Uh, and he really likes... I think he likes it. But You I know think, what? As a kid, I never read a book twice. Really? Yeah. I mean, I didn't actually read a whole he's lot. He's actually now kid, starting but... to make notes. Oh, on yeah. On the side. Like, which is really have, awesome. Has, he seen, your, has yeah. he seen you do yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Which is really awesome. But uh, what I think he really likes about it is that he's able to engage in... Uh, an adult conversation. Uh huh. Sure. You know, and so he he heard us talking about it, and, he and impress of, adults because when right. he like says and knows about the character, like he can tell you the characters and right. knows what they do. The adults are like, really? He like nice. walked up and he's like, so Deacon Garlic, who is your favorite uh, Greek character in, in the Iliad? And and you know, Deacon Garlic's like, oh, night. Nice. Yeah, this is good. yeah. Let's talk about this. Uh-huh. You know, and then he's like, so who do you think the uh, main character is in the Iliad? And Luke was like. Well, I think it's Achilles, but I really like Hector. And like he started like started talking about you know just the different characters and yeah. how he felt about them and um, why he didn't think that certain characters should gain as much reputation as what they did. And anyway, I was just really proud of him because he was able to hold like it was the first time I felt like you're holding an adult conversation. He's you're, he, you're, you well, are, he, he's formed and expressing his own opinions, right? Yeah, that, that are once again. Formed, okay. Right. I mean, they're not just opinions. These are like, you know, I've read and and formed a good opinion here about this. And the reason why I say this is is really just because I think this goes back to the importance of men having good friends. Mm-hmm. Because I think and a, a man a man culture a manly right. culture. That's right. Because I think that he likes the book. I don't think he loves the book to the point of what he's gone to read it. Right. But he knows that I'm reading it, and he knows that I'm talking about it with some of my friends. Mm-hmm. And so he desires to be able to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, it's in it. What it's such a healthy thing because now he's you know getting his first taste, a little bit of welcoming, right? You know, he's still not a man, right? But you know, like gaining a little bit of respect, playing mm-hmm. a little bit in the world in the, right? of men, dipping his you know, foot into the pool. He also gets to talk about like people killing people, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So anyway, I just like I was very proud of him. He held his like, and he also knew like when to stop talking, which I think is a very important Ooh. part, uh, and oh. very hard to do. Homeschool trait. When to stop talking? You know there is, and I, I you've said this before too, but homeschool kids when they talk to adults, they look them in the eye. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying that others don't. Not, not say that others don't. Right. But uh, homeschooled kids are used to talking to adults, mm-hmm. and know how to do it. So anyway, I really liked that, and I I just thought again it was a it was a good opportunity to express the importance of uh, having a healthy men's culture around because it attracts the younger boys and says like this is what I want to be like. So how you how you act and how your friends act is going to say this is how a man should act when your when your sons and when your daughters are, are watching. 
So anyway, yeah. so we're talking about seven daughters of covet- covetousness um, and and what they are. Uh, I think before the break we were talking about how it's in, you know it's important distinction to say like this is an excessive desire, right? So this is a disordered. Yeah. This is putting uh, whatever feeling or whatever trait this is to a higher degree than what it should yeah. be. Yeah. So um, the thing that you covet is it good itself, whether it's money or possessions um, or or uh, uh, people um intellects and yeah i mean whatever it is the thing the object of your desire mm-hmm. um that is a good whatever it is because mm-hmm. all all things i mean unless you know let's just say like whatever you desire is good okay because all things that exist have a goodness in it you know and have a moderate order i mean aside from like sin if, if, unless you're desiring sin which is completely depraved all all things are going to be good so if your desire is excessive, okay, well, now you're coveting them, right? Because it's you've exceeded the moderation, the moderate, virtuous amount by which you should covet it, so, uh, or by which you should desire it. So um, Aquinas asked the question whether it's always a mortal sin. We talked about, he's really talking about, is it always grave matter? And he says that um, the answer is twofold. <laughs> Shocker. I'm surprised it's not I'm just surprised it's not more than that, you right. know. Um well the second part has three distinctions. It does actually have the second one does have more distinctions. Oh, does it really? Yeah. <laughs> uh but one is that it is opposed to justice and therefore is always what he calls a mortal sin in respect to his genius. Genus. Now then he goes on to say, yet venial sin may occur in this kind of covetousness by reason of imperfection of the act. Um so I'm to, not sure what that means. So like uh, like when you're treating with theft, so if if you don't actually go through with it, if you don't actually oh, like okay. steal, and that, that'll make more sense when we talk about the daughters, okay? Because a lot of those are this is a like according to the action of covetousness, okay. right? Okay. That like when we get into violence and things like that, okay? Um, and it says the other way is to be taken as opposed to liberality. In which it denotes an inort love of riches. Mm-hmm. And so, um, basically, what he goes on to say here is that when you... Pr- That's the one that everybody really thinks of. Yes. And that when you love the thing, he, he, he says... Um, I think he says it well in here. Well, he's talking about, once again, like, the thing you desire is good, but when the love of that thing exceeds your love of charity or love of God... And you love this uh, a lesser good more than the higher goods. Then, bringing the first commandment. Then right, that's when it that's when it um, becomes a mortal sin. So why do you think it's under justice? Because um, you you fail to render another their due. Like especially, I think he's in the first one here. He's like kind of talking about theft because he mentions theft specifically. Okay. So when you steal something, that's obviously a, a violation of justice. Because that yes. the their their own possession is due to them, yes. and so you take it and that makes sense. You're failing to render it to them. So I can see it also being temperance. I was not sure because yeah. you know it's like your desire, like you you have an, an an excessive desire for a certain thing, in excess, which and is like honestly, man. I think that a lot of these uh, virtues and a lot of vices, you know, Aquinas will render them according to like oh. A particular thing, but I think it's like okay, maybe that's like the most mostly it's justice or mostly it's this one, but it like the other virtues and the other vices, they certainly play a part, right? There's all it's not black and white, right? Well, I mean it's, that's also a, why is it there's a Venn, a, Venn diagram where like the bubbles yeah come over, together. Maybe, no, that's not. But that's, that's not a good analogy. That's no. no forget but, about it. Forget I said. But that. there's a hierarchy. Yeah. Right. So you know, it's just like any virtue that you, you grow and you're also growing in love because you're gaining uh you're desiring the good the good the true the beautiful we fit you start realizing well you're desiring uh that in which god made it for that sake yeah uh and then why are you desiring it like that but because of you're desiring christ himself mm-hmm. So you're so, growing in charity. So right, but it's like, yo, it's a violation of justice. Could it be a violation of temperance? I think temperance is really more about like the appetites, you know. Um, but your appetite is out of control that you desire money in excess. But you could, yeah, like you could say that there's an appetite for money. Right. Um, it's not something that you consume, you know. You yeah. don't like right. consume it. But so you can hoard it. 
but I I think that you could have an appetite for money. I I don't th- I think that Aquinas might say if you have an appetite for money, it's disordered because your your desire for money shouldn't be a passion. It should be like a rational thing, like you know, it shouldn't be driven by. An it's a ap- means, like, it's not an end. Right, yeah, basically. it shouldn't be driven by a desire for money. It should be driven by, like, I need, I have a, I need I have a rational need for money, and so therefore I pursue, because a, I need, I, I pursue ends need, right. that will achieve, you know, like, and money, right. so that I can do things, right? But just to have an appetite money for is it, it money, I think would money be Money isn't the end. Right, so I think that's why he doesn't, doesn't put it under temperance. Usury. <laughs> now don't start that again. <laughs> Okay, so let's just go through these. Um, one thing I don't like about when he does these daughters is he asks the question, you know, and he names them in this order about treachery, fraud, falsehood, perjury, restlessness, violence, and insensibility to mercy. But then he doesn't discuss them in the same order. He goes the it's other like way. A little bit backwards, and then it's like, look, Aquinas, <laughs> Mr. Order, <laughs> could you at least phrase the question? In the order in which you name them in your uh, respondio, you know? God willing, you're going to get to heaven, and then one day you can talk to him and be like, bro, I'm gonna. what happened? You know what? When I see him, I'm going to bring it up. What happened? What was up with that? What's up with that? Okay, so... um, So what's the first one? Let's talk about the first one. So the first one he names is insensibility to mercy. So he says that these, uh, the daughters of covetousness are these vices, and the vices that arise therefrom... Um, especially in respect to the desire of an end. That's that's what they are. About, yeah. yeah. Um, so he says, Now, since covetousness is excessive love of possessing riches, it exceeds in two things. The first place it exceeds is in retaining. Okay, so maybe you have riches, and you're being a little stingy with them. And so that's where you get insensibility to mercy. So um, the excess here is in a desire for retaining riches, that a man's heart is not softened to mercy to assist the needy with his riches. So he's being a Scrooge Scrooge McDuck. Could you see this also playing out that a boss is unwilling to give his employees a certain raise because he knows he can take the money himself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That and would like, be... And, like, he doesn't necessarily need all the money, but... Yeah, help his budget. He gets a bigger bonus. Yeah. Right. Definitely. That's a good... Okay. I think that would be this. Insensibility to mercy. We'll be right back. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really, you know, oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time, just because, you know, they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about covetousness. We were just talking about how uh, the insensibility to mercy. Adam, you had a good, good example about a boss who doesn't want to give his employee a raise because that'll affect his budget. And oftentimes, bosses they get bonuses based on how their budget does for their department. Now, I think the distinction here needs to be made that... I'm not saying your boss is doing that to you, but... And I also think the distinction needs to be made that uh, there's a chance that the employee's salary is an un- either an unjust wage or a lower wage than what it should be based off of their work ethic or, or their 
what they're putting in, right? You know, they're um, they're making X amount of dollars. They're clearly going above and beyond what they're told to do. Mm-hmm. But you're not get, willing to reward them for that because you know if you don't, then your your budget's going to stay the same, and you may end yeah. up getting a bonus. But also, it's possible that that position just like yeah, you're going above and beyond. But that's not what we're asking. You know, like this this position only pays this much. You know, mm-hmm. and like you're going above and beyond and likely you're going to get promoted because of that some, you know, someday, but it's just not, we're, it just, this position only pays so much. You know what I mean? There's also, and sensibility to mercy though is really like, to me, the mercy part seems to be that just out of like, not vengeance, but just out of, you know, cruelty. Well, no, I don't think it's cruelty. I think it's greed. It's not that, it's not like you want to hurt the person, but you just can't have my money. You know, so it's like there's a person who's in need. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's because it's a, an affront to charity. So um, he says, uh, a man's heart is not softened by mercy to assist the needy with his riches. So we have someone who's like okay. actually in need. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won't. And th- we have a man who has riches. So he mm-hmm. has got an, an excess mm-hmm. in his wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a, the blessing of riches and and, and, and refuses to. And we see this happen, be right? Because I, I, as you continue, you, you see uh, this played out all the time. Where as men continue to you know grow more and more money, they get uh, there's like blinders that get put on them where all they can see is they get tunnel vision. All they can yeah. see is like making more money, and they don't see the people around them. And they're not that, happy. They need help. They lose. They lose their joy. Yeah. So um, that is. So he he was started off by saying that. Um, is an excess of love of riches, and it, it and has um, it exceeds in two things. The first one is in retaining, and that's it. So the insensibility to mercy. The rest of them are in um, trying to achieve uh, or receiving receiving rich riches. So the next one is restlessness. So restlessness is an excessive desire for receiving riches, and um, it plays out in thought. So uh, he says, because it it an excessive causes excessive anxiety and care uh, that a covetous man shall not be satisfied with. Oh, this is from Ecclesiastes. A covetous man shall not be satisfied with money. Um, and it may be considered the ex. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. So, um, but it resides in the thought, the restlessness, right? Because. It causes this anxiety. You're thinking about it. You like are wanting to get more riches. Um, you're covetous. You're coveting wealth to the and point where you're losing. So it's a disorder. It's causing you restlessness. And almost like uh, you're losing your peace. You're right. losing restlessness. Uh-huh. There's no tranquility of order because you're letting a lower good live rent free in your head, basically. Yeah. To where you're not you're not focused on the higher goods. So is that right? Yes. Like, is that what you think? Yeah. So the rest of these are all about. We're just like working in, through this together. In excess and receiving. So the first one was about um, insensibility to mercy. That was the excess of retaining riches, like because we're talking about covetousness. It's an excess, an excessive desire for riches. Mm-hmm. Well, where is the excess? The first one is in the desire to retain riches. The rest of these are now in receiving riches. So we're trying to get more. Um, so. Restlessness is this daughter plays itself out because you have thoughts, right? Um, the next one is violence. Wait, real quick. So I think this one plays out a lot. I think this one's this one's probably the, the, the most rest, common. Re, the restlessness. Restlessness. Yeah, because uh, it, it's allowing thoughts to live again rent free in your head uh, about you know to the point where it just consumes. Every, like you cannot be in the moment any longer. And this th- this is something that happens to me all the time. As far as like something, okay. So a, if you a get fix, a thought like wrapped, yeah, yeah, like I get wrapped around the axle on a certain uh, you know thing that happened, idea or idea, and I just cannot be in the moment. E- even like as sadly as this sounds, but like even at the dinner table or or sure. or, or playing with my kids, like I'm there, yeah. I'm doing it, but mentally like I'm it, still thinking. Especially about, if someone says something to you. Right, that you, yeah. That you view to be incredibly unjust. Right. That's happened to me before where it's like, I can't believe, you know, it's like I just can't let it go. Like, right. I can't believe they said that. Like, why, like how, I can't believe they think that, you know what I mean? Right. And I just, 
and at first I try to be charitable, you know, like I put up a little fight in the beginning and I lose, you know, the next thing I know I'm like, forget that guy. (laughs) If he were here right now, I am deleting him from my cell phone. Yeah. I'm never listening to, you know, like, yeah, uh, to me, like this one's one that, you know, obviously I struggle with, like, especially, you know, when somebody that you expect to hold, uh, you know, to be a virtuous person and then they do something that is you know, wronged, they've wronged you. And yeah. you're like, bro, I expected you to be X uh-huh. and you, you've completely failed on in, in that aspect. Yeah. And that lives, That's why I don't look up to anybody. <laughs> and that lives rent free in my head sometimes. And yeah. it, 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 it's such a, uh, a cancer, um, because again, you do a disservice, not only to yourself because you're not living in the moment, but then the people around you that you're actually supposed to be living with, you're not fully there, right? So I'm doing a disservice to my children, to my wife. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Adam, you're just stupid like your father. <laughs> my father was a wonderful man. He was a brilliant man. <laughs> uh, good stuff. So restlessness uh, was an excessive desire for riches, and it was in the thought. This is the only okay. one that's in the thought. The rest of them, once again, are all desire for receiving riches, except the rest of them will be in execution. Okay, so we're now like distinguishing a little bit, but these like they're all very similar. Thoughts versus action, right? And there's a, a real order here. Just you know, like oh, Aquinas, so Aquinas does have order. he does have an order. I wish he would just put the order in the thing when he asks the question. He just have he, he just like makes those puts them in any order he wants when he asks the question. And maybe there is an order to it, but I don't care. It's not the order <laughs> that he talks about it in the in the article. <laughs> But, you know, we're talking about insensibility to mercy. That's kind of like on its own because it's receiving. The rest of Mir is like, oh, it starts off with restlessness. If you're covetousness, the first thing that's going to happen to you is you're like, oh, you're going to have this anxiety. The anxiety, those thoughts will drive you to these other actions. Okay. And so these actions now are going to be an increasing magnitude of like terribleness. Okay. Okay. Can't. So, so the next one is violence, which is an excessive desire for receiving riches in execution. It's a... Uh crazy that we start there and then they all build upon that yeah well the other ones might be worse yeah so a man in acquiring other people's goods sometimes employs force so uh, that's that that's what that's what it is like if you if you're if you've reached that point and this is a form of deceit um where dante does not no yeah in fact fraud is one of the fraud is one of these one of the daughters inferno right yeah i mean it's like do not be there don't fraud people because if Dante is right, you're screwed. Yeah. Like, so bad. Yeah. Okay? It's, it's bad. Yeah. It's way better to lust. Like, so, way better. I mean, you're still in hell, but. Which is terrible. Which is, the, it's still bad, but like, it could be worse. I'll just, according to, according to Dante. Right. Uh, so, do you think violence also is uh, not only by force, but also uh, through, uh, like, somebody's character? Like doing violence to their character, yeah. So it 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 definitely could be. So um, all he says is that uh, when a covetous man in acquiring other people's goods sometimes employs force, this pertains to violence. Because I think obviously we can you think about okay, violence as in uh, you know you're actually physically beating somebody up to steal their money or you know whatever think, else. But like I don't think it's necessarily like uh, assault. I think it okay. could be theft. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, forcing like, your violent. Yeah. Forcing all, your. All you're doing is ap- applying force. So you know, like maybe but, uh, but maybe you're breaking you're like, maybe you're breaking into somebody's house. Yeah, but my, I guess my question is, is like, what about? I mean, I understand that that aspect. I guess, but my question is more like, uh, I, I'm trying to get more money. You know, uh, for in my job, I'm trying to ask for more money, and I know if I put this other person down and and de- like demoralize like yeah demoralize their character. So I I would say maybe that yeah violence would come into play. But these are built, going to start building on each other, and so I think the next one um, would really be more more apropos to what you're saying, which is falsehood. Okay, so well, no, because like it's not necessarily that I would like say something false about the person. Oh, okay, so you're, but I'm just like bringing instead of like saying what the things that I'm good yeah. at. Okay, you're just then, saying, yeah, like, I think that would apply. Okay, yeah, so you're like backbiting to the boss. Right. Yeah, because you're you're basically saying like, listen, he's just not good at turning in his reports. And he's uh-huh. like he's not good at returning turning in his reports. But I am. I'm really good at it. Yeah. And so if I hurt his character, I may 
up my chances of getting right. money. Yeah, yeah. I think that that would. I think that could that could play. I think it plays. Okay. So um, the next one. So you know, if employing force, that's violence, and then sometimes, uh, and and deceit, and then if he has recourse to words, it is falsehood. Okay. Mm-hmm. So falsehood. We have excessive desire for receiving riches. Once again, in execution. And um, lying about somebody, yes. So it's or something to get uh, it deceit with recourse to words only. Okay, so uh, we're out of time on Catholic Radio. If you're listening to us on uh, Catholic Radio right now, thank you so much for listening to Catholic Radio. It's one of the best uh, mediums to listen to uh, like Catholic content, Uh, but. Check us out over to the podcast, thecatholicmanshow.com. We have over 350 episodes. If you like this episode, go check us out. We'll continue this conversation. Talk about perjury, fraud, and treachery. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So yeah. Talking about some light topics of perjury, fraud, and treachery. Yeah. It's great. We're having a great, very uplifting. Great great conversation (laughs) about treachery over here. Uh, on uh, the church's birthday, we're just talking. <laughs> treachery is such a good word. Like, that's like a, that's a very rich word, if I may say, as we talk about covetousness. Okay. But it is. It's like, oh, treachery. Like, oh, that guy was like mean to me. And I was like, no, he's treacherous. Like, that's treachery. Like, so much meaning. It's a very full word. Um, so, perjury is, goes beyond falsehood. So once again, these are all like basically the same as the last one with a slight distinction. So, um, you know, we have falsehood, which is a kind of violence, as you were pointing out, except when you employ mere words to do to do your deceit. Um, Perjury is the same thing. A man acquiring. How does that distinguish from fraud? Well, you'll see. You'll see. This is at least the way uh, at least the way Aquinas is using fraud here. I think fraud has a broader we would use fraud in a much broader sense than what he's using it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but perjury is when um, you employ using words with recourse, oh, uh, with words confirmed by oaths. So, we all know what, what perjury is. You know, you you lied under oath. That's perjury. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And probably Hillary. I don't know if she was under oath or not. I, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry, but Bill Clinton is—he did. He's an example, it's, it's but like, like it's not a good. It's like, like, well, it's a public. I'll, I'll cut this out. No, I mean it's like he knew that he got in trouble for it. Okay, he got impeached over it. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Huh? It's I'm his, sure. I'm it's, sure. It's like, just history, Adam. We're uh, moving I'm on. Pr- I'm praying that he just. We all pray for him. I I actually don't pray for him, but I should. If you were a little holy, but I don't have time to pray for everybody. Okay. <laughs> There are times where I pray for the whole world, and so like he gets in, lumped into that. Fair enough. And I pray for sinners. <laughs> it's probably lumped in too. <laughs> and it. if he's not, then praise the Lord. You know, it. I I'm not the guy who normally derails this. I'm sorry. It's okay. The you know what? Like the radio segment is over. So <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is a good time <laughs> to, really to bring in the Clintons. Okay. <laughs> If I'm found dead in the morning, I want you to know that I was not suicidal. Okay. Let's make this clear. I'm a very happy man. <laughs> okay. There's no go. way I would do that before I plant my corn. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. I'm okay. so sorry. So then we come to fraud. So uh, this is where we kind of move into a slightly different category. Fraud and treachery are uh, kind of in their own category. So, but up until now, we've been talking about words. So, fraud is once again we have excessive desire for receiving riches in execution. A man in acquiring people's goods sometimes employs deceit. So we're still with deceit, with recourse to deeds which affect things. So that's how he uses fraud. Um, deeds that affect things, stuff. And he doesn't really give an example. So uh, he's talking about perjury. He says, um, if they're mere words, perjury if he confirms his statement by oath. If he has recourse to deeds and the deceit affects things, we have fraud. And then he just says, if persons, we have treachery, as in the case of Judas, who betrayed Christ through covetousness. Hmm. 
So fraud and treachery, you know, it's like uh, deceit. We're here. And, and that's really what I think Dante, he kind of put that as fraud. What, he, what, we're, what Aquinas here is calling deceit. Um, so we have, but Aquinas is saying fraud is a deceit that affects things. And treachery is a, def- is a deceit that affects people. Okay. And those are the seven. Insensibility to mercy. So I, it's like, why is this important? I think as you read this and as you listen to this, uh, you need to like put your honest, like look, look, do honest assessment of your life. Mm-hmm. And do these sound familiar to you? Are they familial? Are they... De- do you recognize any of these things in yourself and your family members, right? Um, and just you need to be aware of that. The first step to overcoming a problem is being aware of the problem. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, I mean, I've, I've had problems that were in my own life that I had for a long time before I even was really conscious of them. You know what I mean? And then when I became conscious of them, that is, that's such a grace because now my conscience... Now that I'm conscious of them, my conscience was began to work on me about mm-hmm. them, you know. And it's not like I was able to change, amend my life. In some in, in some of those instances, I, I by God's grace was able to just like, oh, I need, I, I, I got to change, you know. Right. And I and I was able to, not not in all cases. I mean, there were there were definitely times where like, uh, I would realize like that's I need to change that. But I really, tomorrow. I really didn't want to, right. you know. I'm gonna change that tomorrow. Yeah, and it took a while. Where finally, it's like I got to the point where it's like, yes, I can let go of this, this thing that I'm attached to. Sort of like uh, is it C.S. Lewis, the guy uh, in Mere Christianity? Yeah, with the lizard on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like he's attached to that lizard, mm-hmm. that demon on his shoulder. It's a good analogy. I've I've definitely been there. Mm-hmm. So you know, as you read these, this insensibility to mercy. You know, is are is your? Do you remember like where in the summa he's talking about this? The second part of the second part. I'm assuming? So, yeah, it's the second part of this. I mean, it's always you, always the second part of the second part. Well, that's just factually not true. Except except experientially, it's always true. <laughs> <laughs> for us, I mean, for everybody, it's like <laughs> it's so rare for you to hear the summa quoted. Outside of the second part of the second part, you know, like it happens. It happens, bro. I see the look on your face. It happens. It's just not very often. <laughs> I didn't know if you had the actual article I, numbers I don't, or I don't. Okay, because um, if somebody wanted to, like, you know, look it up, I, I should right. have. But you can look it up. I mean, Google it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. No, because uh, it's not even here. It's. An, I copy and paste this, and there's a. What do you call this? Those are footnotes. No, it's not footnotes. You know, it's like bibliot. No, you know, it's like we have. Remember back in school? Yeah, we had to cite yeah. our stuff at the end of our paragraphs, and it was called the not footnotes. We have been out of school for a long time. <laughs> what is it called? I don't remember. Anyway, it doesn't say here. It just says. Thomas Aquinas, Summa Theologica, translated the translation. Yeah, yeah, I'm not interested. But I thought maybe here it would say which article and stuff. It doesn't. So I I don't know. Bibliography. Bibliography. Is that right? Bibliography? Bibliography. God. This is a dumb dumb feeling moment for me right now, that even you're saying the word bibliography, and I'm still questioning, is that it? That's it. It's got to be it, right? Okay. Like but, I said, I haven't been in school in a long time, and I'm going to be honest, never a big fan of bibliographies. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was always the worst. You finish your paper, and you're like, ah, oh, i got to write my bibliography. And it's like, I don't even remember all the articles I read when I was putting this all together. And now you have to like go and do your best to try the to... The etymology is from... from around the 12th century of the intellectual activity of composing books. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of like Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? A composition mm-hmm. of books. So, anyway. We've gone on. So that's, enough. but those, that's them. So if, if you... Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I may not even keep this in. We'll see. If you sense any of these, the insensibility to mercy, restlessness, violence, falsehood, perjury, 
Hopefully you have no fraud or treachery in your life. <laughs> if you do, well. Bro, uh, the uh, sacrament of confession is ready right for there it. for you. And you know, the great, the great part about being like a huge sinner is that you can make a lot of progress really quickly. You know, like in the beginning. And the mercy is... In the is, beginning, like you can like, man, you can really start amending stuff. Yeah, getting things right. Like you can make some sweet changes.